We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Up Show. This is episode 27. We are going to be recapping the Gamecocks 34-27 win over the Vanderbilt Commodores and Tyler Clark. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It is Georgia week. We're going to be previewing the game against the Dogs. The Gamecocks travel to Athens this Saturday to take on the Georgia Bulldogs. But first, if you do want to follow the show, be sure to check us out on iTunes at the Spurs Up Show. Be sure to go there, rate and subscribe. Tell us you like, tell us you don't like. Please give us all your feedback. We do appreciate that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter as well, at Armchair S Car. It's going to be at Armchair S-C-A-R for all of our latest breaking news there for the Gamecock Sports uh, and also the show as well. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, at Armchair S Carolina. And also, this is a podcast brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans, armchairallamericans.com. Be sure to check us out there for all of your latest breaking Gamecock news, uh, localizing your sports coverage content there, of course. Be sure to check us out there for the Gamecocks as well as all of your other college sports teams, as well as your professional teams as well. So without ado, I do introduce myself. I am Chris Phillips, as always, your host. And always, I am inter- I am uh, joined, as always, by my colleague, Tyler Clark. Tyler, I uh, want to get your um, reactions, of course. One first one check in. How you been? How was your weekend overall? And how you doing this uh, this afternoon here? Good. I watched a lot of baseball and football. Watching baseball right now. Hopefully the Astros can uh, can finish this thing off so Verlander can get a ring. Yeah, we got a lot of good baseball. A lot of World Series going on. I do like that. But uh, we're going to get some Gamecock football. So just jumping right into it. The Gamecocks get the 34-27 win on homecoming Saturday afternoon in Williams-Brice Stadium. Uh, maybe a little too close for comfort, if you will. But either way, Gamecocks get the win. Get to 6-2. and two. More importantly, get to bowl eligibility in Will Muschamp's second overall season. Uh, which is a huge jump. Go undefeated, Tyler. I'm not sure you're in this. Go undefeated in October for the first time since 1984. First time they went undefeated wow. that month. Um, so a long time for sure. But I uh, want to get your initial reactions, Tyler, kind of your takeaway. I know you weren't weren't able to go to the game. Um, neither was I, but I know you were able to watch as well. We texted a little bit during the game. What were your initial reactions from the game? What did you take away, if anything, from the, uh, the Gamecocks win over Vanderbilt? Oh, they were able to run the ball. They were able to throw the ball a little bit. Jake Bentley ran the ball. And just when you think they have their, their most complete game on offense, the defense doesn't play well at all. So I don't really know what much to think. Uh, they kind of just flipped. Uh, it was kind of weird. I didn't expect that at all. Vanderbilt, uh, not very 
not known for being good on offense, at least. I'll say that. Kyle Shermer had a heck of a game. Uh, he really did make a lot of really good throws, a lot of 50-50 balls that were won, uh, two or three of them against Rashad Fenton. So I don't know really what to think. Hopefully that's not a sign of uh, of things to come because if the defense plays like that this last stretch of the year, uh, it could go pretty bad. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I do, you know, definitely agree with you on when want to get into is the offense. And for sure, I you know, Jake Bentley, uh, okay day, pedestrian day, throwing the ball 19 and 29, 174, uh, one touchdown. But, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, getting to – I want to jump the first thing that we talked about was A.J. Turner. And the one tweet that I saw that I, I was really – I really liked from you is it looks like A.J. Turner got, you know, a couple miles an hour faster or got a step or two faster over the bye week. You know, it, it was crazy to see him – 15 carries, 121, averaged 8.1 a carry, had a touchdown. Um, you know, he, he he's definitely a guy, looked like a guy, man, that, you know, especially in that speed sweep, but overall in general, was able to cut the burners on and, uh, you know, really get separation when he needed to. Yeah, I, I mean, it was crazy seeing, you know, I, we started to see it against Tennessee, I guess, but the speed sweep a lot more uh, instead of that kind of RPO, slow run the ball straight up the middle kind of idea. Um obviously they saw something in practice. Uh, hopefully that's what it was at least, and they just didn't run that randomly out there. But A.J. Turner looks like a completely different football player, in my opinion. Uh, he was able to catch some pass- passes out of the backfield. Uh, that one where Jake Bentley kind of floated it over his head, uh, he knew he was going to get absolutely smoked at the end of that play, but still caught it. Uh, and I, I love seeing that, and I think A.J. Turner uh, is definitely going to be the guy going forward. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, especially, you know, with the injury of Rico Dowdle, which is something I was going to get into later. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. A.J. Turner, kind of the forgotten about guy. You know, Tyson only had eight carries for 13 yards. Um, and, obviously, you know, Bobby Bentley said before the season they were going to go with the hot hand. And, you know, obviously, if whoever's showing the the hot hand in practice and whoever's kind of showing, you know, that the pop that seat that week, give the ball to. And A.J. Turner, it must have been that guy because he had a great day. Um, obviously eight yards of carry. I mean, just, just had a fantastic day. I'll tell you the one thing, Tyler, that impressed me the most. And I, I literally said this, um, I was, I was watching the game on my phone, actually, you know, I wasn't there, I, but I was watching the game and I, I told somebody I was with the thing to me that could change this South Carolina offense is the fact that Jake Bentley is getting more confident, keeping the football on the read option. Um, I, I definitely think that's something that we, you know, we talked about, you know, Kurt Roper and the predictability of this offense. Obviously, it's just the same formation, the same play over and over and over again. Jake Bentley, and, and even on the touchdown, Tyler, I know you're, and you know, I know you know what I'm talking about. The 19-yard touchdown, the first play of the game, where he had what he said was "quote unquote" the slowest juke move. Uh, <laughs> what, what, the, what his teammates said, but on that specific play, I specifically remember me. I remember watching that play and thinking, when he went to go hand, I'm like, that's a handoff, a hundred percent. And when he kept it, you know, I, I was shocked. And then when he didn't slide, I was even more shocked. See, I, almost I thought, thought the juke he, was a slide. I 100% I thought, thought he, he should have slid. I yeah. almost thought he should. I was like, he's going to slide 100%. Because, I, you know, we all saw Joe Flacco get lit up on Thursday night. You know, I was like, he's 100% going to slide way early. And, you know, granted, he wasn't facing an NFL linebacker. But either way, you know, when I saw that play, I was like, that's 100% a run, a handoff, whatever. To me, the person I was with, I told him, I said, hey, that's the kind of play to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. I may be overreacting, but to me, that's that's the kind of play that could change his entire South Carolina offense. The threat of Jake Bentley keeping that read option handoff, 
It changes, you know, we've talked about RPOs before, the run-pass options. To me, it changes that entire dynamic. It adds another dynamic. And maybe, I mean, just maybe that's what Kurt Roper was talking about as far as execution. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Jake Bentley lied to us last week in his media availability when he said uh, during the bye week they looked at him running the ball or moving around in the pocket and they said, you know, or he said – Something along the lines of, I was doing that too much and I need to just stay in the pocket a little more. And then you come out the next game and you, you, you run two read options basically for, for touchdowns. And uh, on the second one, I don't know if, if you saw a replay of it, but Hayden Hurst blocked a guy 10 yards into the end zone on that play. And Ortre Smith by held far, a block in the end by zone. By far his best blocking game. By far his best blocking game. And Zach Bailey just absolutely murdered a guy. Uh, I don't remember what play it was, but he straight destroyed the guy. So the offensive line uh, played played a huge role in, in in just running the ball in general on Saturday, and I think you saw you know what having Zach Bailey back on the offensive line does for him just as a unit. They played so much better. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, getting Bailey back, getting Corey Helens back, I think was huge. I mean, I I know what play you're talking about. Uh, it's been on Twitter, obviously, but Zach Bailey just completely pancaking his man. I mean, putting him in the ground on an AJ Turner run. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, you know, Jake Bentley able to keep his feet, kind of make a move, make a couple moves, and just, at least just, you know, give the defense something to think about with that play. I, I think it's just huge. And But, like like you said, we talked about it last week. Those two O-linemen coming, out, coming back, those three O-linemen, excuse me, Malik Young as well, it was just huge. It, you could see the difference. The Gamecocks – but the craziest thing, the Gamecocks, you could see for the third straight game, could run the football, which is something that they haven't been able to do all season. Um, you know, another guy that really impressed me, Tyler, kind of outside of the running game, uh, Shy Smith continues to improve. He had the big catch, which was a great, another really, probably one of the best plays of the game, uh, the RPO play where Bentley play actions, throws it to Shy Smith down the field, wide open. A perfect uh, wheel route, absolutely per- perfect. Yeah, just a perfect play, uh, you know, on that 36-yard touchdown. Shy Smith finished the day, five catches. 76 yards, one touchdown. You, you, you know, you look at the guys leading the way, Tyler. I mean, you got Shy Smith, freshman, five for 76. Ortre Smith, freshman, three for 35. Hayden Hurst, who, you know, is a young player, but is eligible for the draft, four for 31. AJ Turner, four for 24. Brian Edwards, two for 15. One of his more quiet days. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be an encouraging sign for Gamecock fans to see Shy Smith. I, I definitely see him without a doubt being one of the, you know, maybe the next superstar for South Carolina, kind of that Debo Samuel role and uh, filling that, uh, that, that speed slot role, if you will. So I, I don't mean to get off topic here, but I was, there was a tweet that I saw that uh, talked about our boy, Kurt. Uh, and I had to go find it in my likes because I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, so the, this guy tweeted, meanwhile, in Columbia, South Carolina, a second-year coach is doing a hell of a job and it got his team to 6-2 and two today. Maybe I wasn't wrong after all. And that's, that's some Florida fan. And a guy underneath it responds, that guy Roper is pretty good. Too bad he wasn't here sooner. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The Vanderbilt game makes him look like a freaking genius, apparently. Uh, I thought they played – they had a great game plan going in. Uh, and I think that game could have gotten out of hand if uh, if it was a complete game. Yeah, and get, hey, the Gamecocks, their highest scoring uh, output, at least on offense, totally on offense, 34 points for the offense, 24 in the first half. I mean, by far, Roper's best job on offense in the first half. Um, you know, I, I don't want to dog Vanderbilt too much, but, you know, you got to look at who you're playing. I mean, obviously, Vandy's not great on defense, but 
They're worse teams. I mean, than AKA Arkansas. Exactly. They're they're so worse teams. Any any positive momentum this team can get, and especially I mean, on you know, again with all due respect, but with Kurt Roper, any positive momentum this team can get on offense uh, is definitely great. Um, you know, again, I agree with you. I mean, what was it? Thirty four thirteen. Excuse me, twenty four thirteen and a half. You win thirty four twenty seven. You like to finish a little. You only had three points in the fourth quarter. You like to finish a little bit better, and that'll kind of loosen the defense as well, Tyler. So you know, with the defense, uh, I think we can both agree. Definitely, you know, like you said, not their best game. Um, the pass rush really wasn't there. I don't. I don't think Kyle Shermer's jersey got dirty all day long. Um, you know, Fenton Island was definitely camped out on this weekend. Um, it was open. It was open. It, it was a little bit open. I think you know Rashad was due for kind of a. An average game. But, you know, Tyler, I kind of want to address this, too. I, I, I hate to say it. I think the defense got a little fat and happy this week. I, I really did. The bye week, I think, hurt the defense. I think they got they kind of read their press clippings. I think they kind of got a little overconfident. You know, Kyle, give credit to Vanderbilt. Like Will Muschamp said, Kyle Shermer had a great game, 27-49, 333, four touchdowns. Definitely not what I, what I would have expected, but I think this is kind of a different of a Vanderbilt team. Um, Ralph Webb again for some reason South Carolina just shuts him down. I think he got hurt in the game actually. He went out, uh, I think the first half. Yeah, I mean either way, six carries, thirty-one yards, didn't do anything. Their leading rusher had forty-one. So that was their fullback too. <laughs> yeah, Dallas Rivers yeah, uh, didn't have a carry all season coming into the game. Yeah, Dallas Rivers, not a whole lot going on, but uh, but yeah, I mean. You know, overall, this defense, Tyler, you know, let's talk about what you thought overall the defensive performance. Um, like I said, again, I don't think it was their best game overall, but are you concerned moving forward from this defensive performance? Do you think it was just kind of a either a lapse in concentration or kind of just, uh, just a, kind of a one-off situation? Yeah, I don't want to overreact because obviously South Carolina won the game. Um, but Muschamp said a lot about a lot about it after the game at his press conference, and he was talking about how Vanderbilt's only given up 10 sacks all season. So I guess their their offensive line played pretty well, but you know the, he also said a lot of their protections involved their running back and their tight end. So when you have seven seven guys blocking uh, an offensive line, I mean a defensive line, I guess I guess you have time to throw in in that situation. Uh, but then then again, you don't have a tight end or a running back to throw to. So I guess that explains the at least the pass rush. Um, secondary didn't have didn't play that well. Uh, I'd say. Ugh, I mean, I don't want to overreact again, but Rashad Fenton, um, the the touchdown was kind of a fluke. So I don't want to say that he's he's uh, he's gone bad yet, but he, he definitely allowed uh, some cushion on a couple plays. And the the other play was a fluke too, where it was inside like the five, where the guy caught it against his helmet. So I guess I'm talking myself out of saying they played bad uh, at this point. But the linebackers I thought played well. Scott Moore had a really good game. Um, yeah, I'm not overreacting. I don't think this is anything that's going to keep going moving forward. Obviously, it might be the same thing this weekend when you're playing the best team in the country, according to certain people. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, and one thing I was going to agree with you on is I think that, yeah, you can't overreact just because there were some guys that kind of had some unchar- uncharacteristic type games. Um, Rashad Finn, obviously, has had a great season. You're not going to take – I'm not – you know, we're not going to take one game out of eight and say that, you know, he's he's a bad player. He's obviously not. I, I think that, you know, he, there were a couple of plays that went either way. There were, you know, a couple of penalties that also Sky Moore maybe should have had an interception <laughs> that was called back against the pass interference. You know, I, I mean, you know, 
take it for what you want, but uh, a lot of yeah, interesting, I mean, uh, interesting, a lot of interesting extracurricular activity during this game. Right, lot, lot of, lot of interesting flags thrown. I mean, just the the, the officiating was very, very suspect at best, um, and that's really all you can say about it. I mean, yeah, it's really all you can say about it. I mean, it's really. Um, but yeah, again, South Carolina comes out with the dub, thirty-four twenty-seven. Um, again, I do agree with you. I, I think that this is kind of an anomaly. I don't think that it's something that South Carolina fans should should totally worry about. I mean, the Gamecocks, you know, they sort of had that more so bend but don't break mentality. Held Vanderbilt with thirteen points in the first half. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's just something where I, I wouldn't look too deep into it, if you will. Um, so, you know, with that being said. You know, we'll kind of move into, you know, the key takeaways in the game. Tyler, I'll I'll get some of mine in there. Um, Again, you know, I don't want to get touched too much into it, but I talked about it earlier. I think the quarterback keeper with Jake Bentley with the spread option, I think could really change the offense. I just think with, you know, Jake Bentley's not the most athletic guy. He's not Connor Shaw. You know, he might not even be be Dylan Thompson. I don't know. Um, But, you know, the – we've I feel like we've talked about it all season, and I know I've thought it all season, but – Jake Bentley, and it started with Tennessee a little bit. We saw it a little bit with Tennessee. But Jake Bentley keeping the football in that spread option could really, really be a game changer. He doesn't have to get – he doesn't have to do what he did Saturday. He doesn't, he doesn't have to run for 50 yards. He doesn't run for two touchdowns. But keeping the ball there, being able to give the defense the threat that he might keep it, he might run with it, I think could be a huge, huge factor for this offense. Um, also, you know, we talked about – you know, uh, Zach Bailey and Corey Helms being huge different makers in the offensive line. Keeping them healthy will be huge. Um, DJ Wanham continued, Tyler, to make a huge play on Saturday, the blocked extra point. Um, he, I mean, even in a, in a day like Saturday, the defense didn't play, but he continues to be all, all over the field. Um, he, he's a guy that just absolutely excels. And then, you know, Tyler, my last one, honestly, A.J. Turner. <sighs> he's a guy we maybe kind of slept on, but he deserves a football, man. I mean, he's a guy that – like you said, showed a, an explosiveness maybe we haven't seen from him. I mean, really, he kind of got buried on the depth chart from, and I wrote about this in, a, in our uh, article today, but kind of got buried on the depth chart with Rico Dowdle and Tyson Williams. And, you know, with Rico going down, you got, you know, I, I figured Tyson Williams get maybe the majority, if not all the carries. But Asia Turner with a huge day, uh, showed that burst of speed. He shows a toughness in running as well. So, you know, I, I think AJ, we're going to see a lot more of him moving forward. And, um, I think deservedly so. So, yeah. Um, my my key takeaway is pretty much just the offensive line. You you see what a complete offensive line gets you. Um, they can dominate a running game. They can give time for passes. They can open you up for different plays, such as that kind of read option type play. So, I mean, that's pretty much the only key takeaway I have. Oh uh, well, I can say our kicking game certainly improved. I think that puts Parker White over five hundred on the season. Uh, he's definitely got a little swagger back. He, he definitely missed one, but it was a different miss than what we've seen uh, throughout the season. The, the other miss is missed by, like, a whole field goal length. Uh, this one barely missed. So, I'll give him benefit of the doubt on that one. I think Parker White has definitely got his, his swagger back. Yeah, I completely agree. I forgot to touch on that. Yeah, Parker White uh, becoming sort of a weapon. I mean, hey, South Carolina obviously take far, it. He's the I mean, some, somewhat of a – you can somewhat rely on and make there a we kick. go. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 
serviceable field. You know, somewhat of yeah, serviceable field goal kicker, which is more than South Carolina could say, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. Yep. So agreed. I think Gamecock fans will all take it. But uh we're gonna move into some armchair American game balls. Um, Tyler, I will well, actually I'll go first with this one. I'll start on offense. I'm gonna say Shy Smith. Uh, just because, you know, the young freshman. Great to see him get involved. Um, had the big touchdown catch, five for seventy-six. Led the res- led the receivers in, t- in uh, catches overall yards. Had a touchdown as well. Uh, averaged fifteen yards a catch. So great to see him get involved. I think Shy is a guy who's just developing more and more. Going to become kind of kind of the next Debo Samuel, if you will. But on defense, going to give it to Chris Lamonds again. I think he's a guy I talked about before, but I feel like a little bit. Not underappreciated, but since his move to the safety position, doesn't get talked about quite as much. Had 10 total tackles, eight solo tackles, uh, two pass deflections. So, you know, Chris had a good game. Uh, I think, like, he's, he's a really really a leader on that defense, especially in that secondary. So, definitely want to give that game ball to Chris Lamont. All right. Mine on offense, definitely going to go to A.J. Turner. Uh, I think that's the first 100-yard rusher we've had this season, uh, which says a lot. Um, so, yeah, he also scored a touchdown, I believe. Did he? He did, okay. yes. Yeah, AJ Turner, just making yep. sure. All right, so uh, 121 yards, averaging over eight yards a carry. We haven't seen a performance like that all season on the ground. And on defense, you have to give it to Chris Lamonts. I don't think uh, I don't think anyone would disagree with you there. Absolutely. So, with that being said, Tyler, again, like I said earlier, we're going to move to one of my favorite weeks of the year, one of my favorite opponents of the year. It's been for probably, man, I mean, probably – what, 13, 14 years of my favorite opponents of the year. It's Georgia week. It's Georgia hate week. You know what that means. It's Georgia week, Tyler. It's Georgia week. Yep, that says the it all. Cox, that says it all. To hell with Georgia. The Gamecocks travel to Athens, Georgia, to take on the, I guess now number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs from the uh, college football playoff poll at three thirty East from CBS in Athens, Georgia, at Sanford Stadium. The Bulldogs opened as I think about a twenty-two and a half point favorite. They now sit at about twenty-four and a half. Uh, over-unders right at 45. Georgia leads the overall series 49-18-2. and uh, And the last time they met, obviously, Georgia won last year in Columbia in a delayed game. They can move to Sunday. Uh, very weird game, too. Very, very strange. Just a very strange day and very strange weekend, 28-14. Uh, to 14. Georgia enters this game as the number two team in the country, 8-0 uh, overall, 4-0 overall, in the SEC, and they are, they are coached by Kirby Smart. So, Tyler – I, I, I want to get your initial feelings, initial reactions coming in this game. The Gamecocks, again, 6-2, and 4-2 and two in the SEC, have a lot of momentum. They've won three straight. Uh, I, I want to get your initial feelings coming in this matchup with Georgia. Uh, they're not good. Uh, I'll say that. It just uh, – I know that Georgia, you feel – you just have it in your heart that you feel like they're going to lose one of these next, you know, three tough games they have against South Carolina, Auburn, and Georgia Tech. You feel like they're going to lose one of them just because that's such a Georgia thing to do. But then you look at it on paper, and it's just not a good matchup for South Carolina at all. Their front seven on defense is so good, so physical, so big, and they've been pretty much on that defense for three years, it feels like now. 
And then you look at them on offense, and they're just absolutely dominant running the ball. Uh, there's a stat I have saved in my phone that I, I found the other day. Uh, Saquon Barkley against Power 5 defenses versus Sonny Michelle. Saquon Barkley has 114 carries for 582 yards and seven touchdowns against Power 5 defenses. Sonny Michelle has 58 carries for 542 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, and that's their backup running back. So unless South Carolina can um, just all of a sudden just not give up explosive runs against Georgia like like it seems like they always do, uh, it could be a very long day. But if you stop that run, then you uh, then you make Jake Fromm throw the ball a little bit, and that's where it uh, it could get interesting. But I don't I don't know if South Carolina's you know front seven's ready for Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. Absolutely, yeah. I think a huge key to the game would be stopping the run for the South Carolina Gamecocks, and uh, we'll get kind of into the keys of the game a little bit later. But you know, South Carolina, you know, the Georgia comes in this game again, like we talked about. They're a huge favorite. I mean, they're an absolutely huge, huge favorite. And which is funny because this South Carolina Georgia game has always been a really, Tyler, I'm sure you know, a really close game. I mean, it's been a close, close game. Um, but this year, Georgia, they haven't beat an SEC opponent by less than 25 points. Closest was Missouri. Missouri kind of had them on the ropes there for a little bit, 28 28, um, late in the second half, second quarter. Georgia pulled away, had about 700 yards of offense. Um, you know, Tyler, I ask you, what do you feel like South Carolina has to do? What do you think they have to do even to have the chance to pull the upset? They have to play a perfect game on both sides of the ball. And I'm not exaggerating whatsoever. You can't turn the ball over. Uh, you can't give up long third downs. You can't give up a score on special teams. You just uh, – it has to be perfect. I don't think there's any other way to it. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually do agree with you. Uh, I think South Carolina's got to play their A-plus game. Georgia might have to play their B-minus. But I, the biggest key to the game is going to be line of scrimmage again and South Carolina being able to to stop the run. I, I mean, listen, I, I you know, and I, I'm not – I don't want to take anything away from Georgia. Georgia's a great team. They deserve to be where they are. They deserve to be number two, number one, whatever they are. But uh, for the fir- first come first, you've got to stop the running game. And it's obviously easier, easier said than done with a two-headed monster with – you know, uh, Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, they got other guys even behind that. But uh, South Carolina, it, to me, what you've got to do, stack the box, sell on the run, make Jake Fromm beat you in the passing game. Um, Tyler, we talked a little bit off air, but, you know, Chris Lamont's with the comments. I'm not sure what I made him. But Chris Lamont's with the comments saying that basically, you know, there was a question asked, you know, what are you more concerned with on Georgia's offense to pass the run? And he said, oh, the run. They can't pass. And Listen, I understand Georgia fans freaking out. They want to call out South Carolina. They want to say, you know, we're going to show you how much we can pass. But here's the thing. He he kind of has a point because Jake Fromm has, has completed 10 or more passes three times in eight games. So uh, – and, and he hasn't had to complete more. Don't get me wrong. He hasn't had yeah. to. But he completed four passes against Florida. So, to me – and, and – I'd argue to say South Carolina maybe has the best secondary of all the secondaries that Georgia has played, maybe. I mean, I don't know how good Florida's secondary is. I really don't. At this point, I don't, I don't know if they're that good at all. But, you know, I, I think you you have to make Jake Fromm throw the football. You just – you have to make him throw it. And I feel like this is – it's kind of the same story, I feel like, when South Carolina plays Georgia every year. Make them throw the football. They, I mean, Georgia's got a capable quarterback – but not a quarterback that's going to throw it 50 times and win the game for you. So I think that'll be really, really interesting to see how, you know, Will Muschamp kind of attacks that. 
what they do on the defensive side of the football. Um, to me, Tyler, you know, one of the biggest keys and one of the biggest things for South Carolina to do, you know, we talked about in the preseason, Jake Bentley, the, the offense, the team really in general, having some really sh- tough some struggles uh, on the offensive side and just in general on the road. Um, not being a great road team, South Carolina's gone to Texas a They've lost. They went to ten- Tennessee and won, which, you know, from what I heard, was a pretty packed Tennessee crowd, not a full Tennessee crowd, but – you know, Tyler, we both know Athens will be rocking Saturday. There's no question Athens is going to be a madhouse, a uh, hornet's nest. But, you know, I, I think that you really got to be able to take the crowd out of it if you're Jake Manley, this offense, this defense in general, get a stop. Um, you know, I, I'll ask you, Tyler, what do you – on offensive side, do you think South Carolina is going to – because they've had some success. Do you think South Carolina is going to look to continue to run the football – uh, or do you think they try to expose Georgia's secondary like it was kind of against Missouri? I mean, Missouri was able to throw the football a little bit. Uh, and, you know, while South Carolina hasn't shown that they want to throw down the field every single play, you know, I, I would like to personally believe Kurt Roper's at least smart enough to see there's a weakness there with the, uh, you know, with Georgia's secondary. So do you think that South Carolina continues to run the football early, try to run clock, or do you think they try to pass early? I feel like Will, Will Muschamp knows that the only way South Carolina has a chance here is if you can somehow control time of possession. Uh, and the only way to achieve that is running the ball. But I also don't feel like they think that they can run the ball on Georgia's front seven. So that's where it puts you in kind of an interesting situation here. Because, I mean, I, I at least myself thought South Carolina was going to come out just pounding the ball um, against Vanderbilt. And first play on offense, you throw it 27 yards down the field to Shai Smith. So uh, I'm definitely no no person to, to guess what Will Muschamp's going to do. But I feel like um, the only way South Carolina can compete is if you can control the clock somehow. And the only way to do that is running the ball. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think they're going to try to mix it up a little bit. I, I think, though, you have to try to throw mix it up a little bit. I mean, here's the thing. This is the game, man, to mix it up. You know, you're a 24-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, get creative. If you got anything in the past game you haven't used, used it. Or if you haven't used it yet, use it. Um, you know, find a way to make sure that, you know, you're getting those plays out, giving Jake Bealy the best possible chance to get the ball down down the field, stress the field a little bit. You've got playmakers outside. Um you know, again, I think South Carolina is going to try to stack the box. I think they kind of have to. I, they, they have to make Jake Fromm beat them. I just don't think there's any way you can sit back and put four guys on the line, five on the line, and just say, hey, we're going we're gonna to guard both. Because I think Nick Chubb and Sonny Michel will have a field day if you do that. And they've done that against every team they've played. Um, again, they haven't, they haven't won a conference game by less, less than 25. Um, I'll ask you, Tyler. You know, obviously Georgia played Florida last week. You know, beat the beat the brakes off them, forty-two seven. They got a huge robbery game next week against Auburn. Uh, I think at their place, maybe. I'll ask you. You know, as far as scheduling wise, do you think that this this game, this South Carolina game, falling between those two robbery games, makes a difference for South Carolina? Is there any chance that? Is there any chance maybe Georgia's sleeping on the Gamecocks a little bit? I don't believe in the whole looking ahead thing. I just feel like once you strap on the pads and you get out on the field, you're not in the middle of a play like, oh, man, I better conserve energy because we play Auburn next week. I just I just don't believe that. Um, I've obviously never played football before, but I, just, I don't feel like that's a thing. 
Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I I think it's a good thing for South Carolina, though. I, I just yeah, think they're – as an athlete, you know, I will say there are times maybe you don't take a team quite as quite as seriously. Um, maybe you can get a little fat and happy. But, yeah, I mean, I think for a game like this – I'll tell you this, which is a funny – which is a, a very interesting take, I'll say. I talked to a good friend of mine that's from Colorado, not biased at all. Um. You know, I talked a little bit about, you know, I think it was a Sunday. I was like, you know, I won't be surprised if South Carolina's ranked. And I talked to him again Monday, and they said, you know, we talked again. I was like, hey, South Carolina wasn't ranked. They're 30th, whatever. And he actually told me, he said, you know what, South Carolina not being ranked was the best thing that could have happened to South Carolina. I said, what do you mean? He said, because honestly, that's the only chance that Georgia, you know, not saying you guys have zero chance, but if Georgia's going to sleepwalk through this game, South Carolina not being ranked was the best thing that could have happened. Because, honestly, if South Carolina would have been ranked, it would have woken Georgia up in a heartbeat, no shot. So, not a chance. So, I mean, I mean, I don't. I, I agree with you in a sense that it's like, you know, when you strut the pads up, you're ready to go. But I do agree. You get more hype for games than others. And I, Yeah, I agree with I don't know. playing I, down to your competition. I just don't believe in looking ahead to the next game, per se. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how if you're Georgia. Like, I feel like this is too big of a rivalry. It is a rivalry. Whether Georgia fans want to admit it or not, they want to beat the Gamecocks. South Carolina, Georgia, the border rivalry, it's a rivalry, no question. And if they, you know, whatever, they want to, they don't want to admit it, that's fine. But, um, you know, I, I, it falls in an interesting spot on the Georgia schedule. That's for damn sure. It falls in a very, very interesting spot. Uh, and it'll be interesting how Georgia kind of comes out to it. I mean, South Carolina, you know, they've been preaching physicality all week, well, must chance and preaching the physicality. They're going to have to come out and punch Georgia in the mouth. I mean, there's no question early in the game. Um, if Georgia is kind of even three quarters of the way going or kind of half asleep, come out, punch Georgia in the mouth, you know, wake them up, let's go. You know, I'm saying like just kind of give that first blow. Um, so, you know, with that being said, we'll kind of move into the key matchups, Tyler. You know, I'll start with mine. I, I think uh, I'll kind of start from the bottom going up because I think the, the, the first one I put is actually the biggest, one of my most interesting ones. Uh, one of my biggest ones, USC left tackle Zach Bailey. Uh, against the UGA pass rush. Obviously, guys like uh, Lorenzo Carter, um, you know, guys like that they have in the front seven have been huge. The pass rush that Georgia's been able to get. Uh, the defense has been actually relentless. You know, and Zach Bailey, you know, Jake Bailey called him his, quote, secure, security blanket this week. Um, I think it'll be up to Zach Bailey again to kind of protect Jake Bailey, protect the blind side, uh, give give Bentley time. They're going to be able to expose that, that pass defense. He's going to need – three to five seconds to get it downfield. So I think it'll be absolutely key for Zach Bailey um, to have a good game on Saturday. Uh, another guy I have, USC defensive lineman DJ Wanham against UGA quarterback Jake Fromm. Again, sort of the, the opposite, the flip side of things. Um, if South Carolina is able to stop the passing, the uh, rushing game, excuse me, um, it's going to be up to the South Carolina defensive pass rush to, get, to make Jake Fromm uncomfortable. I, I've, I've watched Jake Fromm a decent amount this year. He looks very comfortable. He, he's not a lot under a lot of pressure. Um, he's able to step back, plant on his back foot, get a lot of throws out. Um, South Carolina's gonna need to get in his face. I mean, make make him uncomfortable, make him get, get happy feet, make him scramble a little bit, you know, make throws on, you know, under pressure. So I think it'll be very key for that, you know, Gamecocks to get that pass rush. Uh, and then my last one with the key matchups, which is a little bit the most basic, but you know, USC linebackers against U- UGA running backs. Um, yeah, I wanted to pick one out of each, but honestly, you've got Sonny Michelle, you got Nick Chubb, you got Sky Moore, you got TJ Brunson, you got Sh- uh, Sherrod Green. Um, you know, 
these are guys that have to step up for South Carolina and fill gaps. I, you know, you didn't have Sky Moore last year. The Gamecocks lost 28-14. Um, it, it's going to be a game where you're going to need a guy like Sky Moore to have a really big day. Uh, TJ Brunson, have a really, really big day. Create a turnover. Set the tone on defense. Be able to plug a hole. So I, I think that'll be a very, very interesting matchup to watch. I think it'll be a matchup that kind of determines how this game plays out. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all those 100%. I don't even know if I can add one to that. I'll just take those. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I you know. Mine's more of a key I, to the game. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I, and I'll let you, moving into that, we'll talk about the keys again. I'll let you start with uh, what, you know, what some of your keys are. I feel like Hayden Hurst is going to have to score multiple touchdowns. I mean, I think that's bold. I'm not predicting Use that. him. But feed he, him. Yeah, Someone feed him. Or multiple touchdowns. Because I don't, I don't think inside the red zone, South Carolina's going to be able to run the ball. I just don't think that's plausible at this point. But he's also going to have to block. Uh, so I think they're going to have to trust the offensive line a little bit more uh, in just regular protection. And they're going to have to let Hayden Hurst go loose. Um, he's, he's pretty much become the guy that you just rely on, him and Brian Edwards. Uh, but I just feel like it's going to have to be Hayden Hurst for some reason. No, yeah, I agree with you. Um... I, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, I think you can't depend on yourself that you have to run. The, I think you have to, at some point, you have to kind of try to run the football, but you can't depend on it. You, you just can't. You, you can't rely on it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, one of my biggest keys to the game, Tyler, and we've talked about this kind of, I think, in other road matchups, but it's, especially this one, you want to happen. It, it's going to be a madhouse. We know that. Thank goodness it's a 3.30 kickoff. Thank goodness it's not 7.30. Um, weather the storm early. You know, weather this crowd – the crowd's going to be jumping. It's going to be crazy. It's really going to be up to the South Carolina team to, you know, they, they've got the, the choice either to feed the crowd or quiet them down. Um, and it's going to be huge for them to be able to, you know, kind of stop the madness, take the game under control, make this a ball game, getting at least the second quarter, maybe even halftime with a competitive score and sort of take the crowd out of it. Um, you know, my, my other key to the game, I, I – I said load the box. I'm going to skip that because I think, like, we talked about that a little bit. But, you know, Tyler, maybe my biggest key to the game is they got to muddy the water. And what I mean by that is they got to get creative on offense. I don't know. Maybe maybe a trick play has to come out. They got to get aggressive on defense. They got to create turnovers. They might have to make this a little bit of a sloppy game. To, to beat Georgia, you've got to kind of make this a little sloppy. You got to get Georgia out of their own game. You know, Georgia has gotten into more spreading, the, spreading their – their offense out, you know, spreading the ball. But they want to run the football. They want to work off the play action. It's Georgia. They, they do the same thing they've always done. you, you got to make this game a little bit sloppy. You really do. And, and you got to make this a South Carolina Will Muschamp type game. You've got to win the turnover battle. You've got to control the time of possession. You, you know, you got to be able to control the line of scrimmage, things like that. Um, and even, you know, I think turnovers will be the probably the biggest one of the things I just mentioned. But – being able to muddy the waters, turn this into kind of your game, stick around for longer than you're supposed to, that's the win. South Carolina's not going to beat Georgia in a shootout. That's just not going to happen. There's, there's no, no chance of that. No. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Absolutely. So, uh, with that being said, Tyler, we're going to get into which which should, which should be one of the more interesting parts of this, of this <laughs> podcast, uh, the predictions, um, you know, like we do every single week. Whether we'll they're good or it. bad, because I don't think whether they're good or bad at all, all season. 
<laughs> Whether good or bad, Tyler, I'm going to let you start. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about this game. Um, Gamecocks travel to Athens, 3.30 kick. It's a uh, national televised, like you told me before this show. Georgia ranked number one in the – what, the uh, the playoff rankings? College football playoff, yeah. college playing rankings. So, Gamecocks taking on the number one team in the country, basically. Um, I'll let you take it away with your prediction. All right. Um, yeah, so all the stuff I just talked about, I don't think any of that's uh, that's going to happen. Unfortunately, I just have that feeling uh, it's going to get ugly. Uh, not as bad as Clemson last year, but I do think it's going to get ugly. I have Georgia 37, South Carolina 10. All right. Georgia covers. So, yeah, so Georgia covers. Georgia, Georgia covers the 24 right. and a half. Um, yeah, I've, I've had, a obviously, you know, like I told you before, Tyler, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge Georgia hater. I hate the, I hate Georgia so much. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to try to be unbiased. I, I hate the Georgia Bulldogs so much. I've hated them since I was, uh, probably 12 years old. Uh, I went to a, it's funny. I grew up in North Augusta, South Carolina, went to a church in Augusta, Georgia, which obviously was all dog fans. Um, just, just hated him. Hated him. Hated the worst David. fans. That's not even debatable. So. Hated David. Hated David Green. Hated oh. No. Sean Moreno. Hated Matt Stafford. Hated David Pollock. You know, Pollock. Hated oh, Thomas man. Davis. Hated all. Hated all. I, it, their fans, obviously, you know, that was kind of the where it came from. Remember um, Pollock just uh, just took the ball out of Dondre Pinkett's hands. I do. I remember that. It was Corey Jenkins. Corey Jenkins. Corey Sorry, Jenkins. Corey Jenkins. You're right. Yes. Here. So, oh, um. Yeah. So with that being said, you know it's it's been a long, bitter ride. It's it's honestly it's one of those situations where I, I'm the kind of person where I have to really seriously think about what I, would I rather beat Clemson or Georgia. It's that big of a rivalry for me um, personally. But you know, looking at this game, obviously 2017. Um, you know, we've uh, we've had a lot of fun conversations with our CEO Andrew Andrew Stevens, who's a a dog fan, a dog graduate. Um, I've had some fun conversations with him this week. Uh, you know, I, I haven't seen a Georgia fans predictions less than four touchdowns, three touchdowns, really, uh, three touchdowns. Um, you know, I take a look at this game. I, you know, I'm, I'm on both sides of it. I kind of feel what you're saying, Tyler. I look at this game and, you know, last year when South Carolina was a 24 point underdog to Clemson, I, you know, I feel like South Carolina would cover. I really did. I thought they'd come out spirited, fired up. I thought they'd cover. I, no, no chance Clemson's going to win by that much. Obviously, Clemson went 56-7. <laughs> um, Georgia last year, um, you know, beats beats South Carolina 28-14. Obviously, they, they didn't have a great year. It's a completely different team. But, um, you know, I, I think this year South Carolina – on a three-game winning streak, the, the, the Bulldogs just got the number one ranking in the college football, college football playoff rankings. Um, 8-0, you know, undefeated, looking to face Alabama in the SEC championship. Have Auburn next week. Um, you know, I'm going to sit here and predict. I I don't think South Carolina goes on the road to Athens against the win. I, I just don't think right now it's reasonable to say that. I, I don't think it's because I, – I think it's just overall depth. I, I just really don't think South Carolina is deep enough to go on the road and get that win. Um, I, I think a lot of things will have to happen. I think South Carolina, again, will have to muddy the waters. I'm not saying it's impossible at all. I don't think it's impossible South Carolina gets the win. I think it's improbable. I think anytime you're a 24-and-a-half-point underdog, there's a reason. 
Um, I think South Carolina's getting a little bit of disrespect. You know, they they, but again, the the teams they played, the conference record. I think that the teams they played, their conference record is they have like one win, maybe you know, maybe one win. But Georgia's have like six, so I think it's around six. So um, the dogs don't have a great schedule either. But I, I will say, I think the Gamecocks hang tight for a while. I think the Gamecocks get an encouraging loss. I, you know, there's no such thing as moral victories. But I, I, I do think South Carolina will prove they are at least somewhat legit. I think Georgia gets the win. I'm going to say – I'll say it's uh, 27. Dogs 27. I'll say Gamecocks 14. So, I think it will be a little bit closer than everybody thinks. Uh, I think I do think South Carolina is going to hang around for a while. I'm seeing like a 21-14 score Georgia going to the fourth quarter. I think it will be, you know, a closer than Georgia. You know, closer too close for comfort for Georgia. But I just – it's hard to predict South Carolina getting the win as much as they want to. Um, you know, I think Georgia will pull away for the pull away for the W. But I, I think it'll be a very encouraging loss, if you will, um, for South Carolina. So, anyways, we'll get into the listener questions. We've got a couple of them here. Uh, one from Reddit, the biggest and baddest. If you could choose, I feel like Tyler, we've gotten this a million times. If you could choose, who would you rather beat? I ask you at this point in the season, who would you rather beat, Georgia or Clemson? That's not even close. I'd rather beat Georgia. We could beat Georgia and lose a hundred to nothing to Clemson. I wouldn't care. I mean yeah, that a hundred percent. That's very interesting. It's very interesting because of the simple fact that South Carolina could beat Georgia and still not win the East. So I'm kind of torn because if I beat Georgia and don't win the East, I'm kind of like uh, <laughs> I might want the Clemson game, but but I've already talked it up in my head to Clemson as a loss because I just don't think South Carolina. I hate the dogs. I, I don't think dogs. they're there yet to beat Clemson or to expect to beat Clemson. So let me ask you this. You think South Carolina has a better chance to beat Georgia at Georgia or Clemson at home? Well, I think we have a better chance to beat Clemson, but I'm, I'm just not expecting that. I'm not expecting either one of them. Right. God, now, now it's just getting tougher. I'd still rather beat Georgia just because they're number one in the country. We haven't beat a number one team in seven years. Yeah, which is hey, shit. The last time South Carolina played a number one team in Alabama, I mean, what was the, what were they saying before? South Carolina hasn't been number one team since ever. So we were ranked though. We were ranked. We were ranked, but I was also and it was at home. It was also at home, and you also had game day. But it so. was CBS, and you also had Stephen Garcia. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but <laughs> but you had Alshon Jeffrey and Marcus Lattimore. But you did have Alshon and Marcus Marcus Lattimore. Yeah, I. Man, 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 man. Uh, man, I just – here's the thing, Tyler. I want to talk myself into the Gamecocks winning this game so bad. I can't, do it. I, re- I, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I, I you know, I just – I can't do it. I just – I one part of me says to me, though, I can't believe how good Jake Fromm looks. He's a freshman. He's a true freshman. Yeah. And he looks this good. If South Carolina – I'll tell you this. I, I, I'll make a bold prediction. If South Carolina holds Georgia to under 100 yards rushing in the game, they'll win the football game. Oh, no, there's no doubt. Not, not even a question. I don't, think not even a question. I don't think that's possible. It's possible I don't know if it's South possible. Carolina wins, if they do, if they do, if they do, they'll win the football game. Oh, yeah. uh, Jake Fromm, and you know what? Honestly, if South Carolina did that and Jake Fromm had threw for 300 and Georgia blew him out, I would just tip my cap. I wouldn't even be mad. I'd tip my cap to him. I was thinking that today. I was like, you know what? If, if Fromm beats South Carolina, Tip I'll tip my cap, but you can't let Michelle and Chubb beat South Carolina. You cannot. And even if you try to stop them, they still might beat you. So, 
We'll see. Uh, next question from Reddit, HUP asks us, UGA seems pretty strong based on results, but I honestly haven't watched them play all year. Are there any discernible weaknesses in their game? Doesn't seem so based on results. I'll kind of start with this one, Tyler. Uh, the one thing I saw, you know, they had a very interesting game with Missouri at home, um, which they won by like 26 or something. But uh, that game, like I said, was 28-28 late in the first half. Missouri showed the ability to throw the football down the field for sure. Throw it downfield, kind of expose the UGA secondary. I'm not sure that secondary has really been tested. Um, so if there's one secondary to me, that front seven for Georgia is obviously filthy. But if there's a, if there's a weakness to me, South Carolina has to be able to kind of expose. It's got to be with Jake Bentley and guys, like you said, Hayden Hurst, Brian Edwards, Shy Smith, or Trey Smith. Those guys have got to play a huge role. As much as that running game needs to be a factor, they've got to be able to throw the football down the field. Yeah, that's about it. That's I don't think they're going to run the ball on Georgia. I just don't think they're ready for that yet. But the offensive line, if they, if they, if they, if they play like they did on, uh, on Saturday, possibly. But they'd have to play a, a really, really good game. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you. I mean, that, that O-line, Zach Bailey, Corey Helms is going to have to play well. Yeah, it's eight, they're A-plus game. They're they going to have to play their best. It's better they got to play their best good. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're going to play the best game. Um, and then we're a little bit on the last question from Armchair Americans, Alex Reynolds, who is our Armchair Cruton, um, Armchair Cruton guy and also our editor-in-chief. Shout out to Alex. Um, his question, very simply, how much does it suck that Eason got injured? Um I'll take this one. I I think Georgia fans are pretty happy about it, to be honest. I think, um, I think he's kinda, really good. Uh, I think I feel like I'm I think he here. is too. No, I think he. No, no. I I think Georgia fans are happy. I think he's good, but I think Georgia fans. It's so funny. It's so funny how Georgia fans are. You know, they were talking about from even before the season when Ethan Eason was healthy. That's the funny thing. Um. They were talking about Easton. So it's definitely very, very interesting to uh to see for sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Easton won't be a factor in this game. Does it suck for South Carolina? I don't think it makes a difference. Um, so you know, with that being said, you know, we'll we'll kind of uh you know, I guess we'll kind of wrap everything here. We'll kind of move into the little post show, Tyler. The uh, Again, the Coswell playoff rankings, when it came out, we'll kind of go over those really quickly. Georgia took the top spot, uh, number one. Bama, number two. Notre Dame comes in number three. Clemson slides in number four. Oklahoma, five. Oki, oh, oh, excuse me, Ohio State, six. Penn State, seven. TCU, eight. Wisconsin, Miami, Oklahoma State, Washington, Virginia Tech, Auburn. Iowa State, Mississippi State, USC. Excuse me, USC of the West, Southern Cal. Uh, UCF, LSU, NC State, Stanford, Arizona, Memphis, Michigan State, and Washington State. Tyler, are there any of those? Because obviously Bama is ranked number one in the coaches' poll, number one in the AP. The playoff ranking has completely nothing to do with either one of those. Were you surprised Georgia was ranked number one over Alabama? No, that one against Notre Dame is looking better every single week. Notre Dame looks like a pretty good football team. They they dominated NC State the other day, and we have – Pretty decent regard for NC State. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Notre Dame. It's just shocking. I don't I, want I did to give not, them credit because I hate Notre Dame. I didn't expect Notre Dame to be that good. I really didn't. And I couldn't I tell mean, you one player on their team 
But uh, I watched him play just a tad bit because South Carolina played at the same time the other day. But every time, it just looked like they dominated. Yeah, then speaking of that NC State team, a really interesting game this week, which it's funny how the schedules work out this year, Tyler, because like I told you before, I haven't watched a single Clemson game, and this won't be a week that's any different. Clemson and NC State play at 3.30 this weekend. Wow. Um, yeah, and in, in Raleigh, should be a huge football game. It should be very, very, very interesting to see. Um, I watched a few Clemson yeah. games. They're they're very good. Yeah, no, I, I know they're good. I know they're good. Don't get me wrong. Let me ask: Did you watch the game Saturday night? The George Tech game. Yes. yes. Not all of it, but I watched Kelly a Bryant, bit of it. Did Kelly Bryant play? He did. He looked very good. He did. Okay. I honestly, I it was I did a not. disgusting rainy game, which you feel yeah. like Georgia Tech would play well, but they couldn't move the ball at all against that defense. Right. Right. Yeah, so uh, another thing I feel like we have to touch on. Jim McElwain, let go at Florida. Um, the Gators are without a head coach. Randy Shannon will be the, their interim head coach. Um, meanwhile, Mil- Will Muschamp is still coaching football for an SEC team. So is Butch um, Jones. So is Butch Jones, which is maybe the most laughable thing, the most absurd thing. Don't you feel like Florida's About- just going to get the better head coach here? Man, um, yes and no. I, I, I feel like it'd be so they Tennessee. Won, for they won. Happen. They won the arms race as far as getting the opening first. But did you? Let me ask you this: Did you hear the interview that uh, Dan Mullen's wife had with uh, on a Mississippi State podcast? Did you hear that at all? I did not. So basically, Dan Mullen's wife went on this podcast and just talked about how terrible the people of Gainesville were to them talking about just how awful they were, talking about, you know, it wasn't about how much you want. She was talking about when they were winning national championships now with Urban Meyer. She was saying, you know, I, she was talking about she would, you know, go to the grocery store. She was like, it wasn't about if you won the game. It was about if you didn't score 43 points, people were, you know, in your face, like asking questions. She was like, I'd have to leave. And I just – Florida's getting into a very, very interesting place where it's like, you're getting to a scary spot where it's like this sort of revolving door type deal where it's like, I know a good coach is going to take that job. It's Florida. Like I get it. It's SEC. it's tradition, but there just seems to be this type of intimidation factor with the success Spurrier had Spurrier's Spurrier's desk is sitting across from where the head coaches sit. One of the best moves maybe ever is the fact that Spurrier didn't want to stay at South Carolina. Can you imagine the pressure that Will Muschamp would have if Steve Spurrier was sitting in the same building as Will Muschamp? <laughs> I mean, it just – it really – I mean, I thought about that. I was like, man, that that is – that is you, you know, why did Zook fail? Zook had no – Ron Zook had no chance at Florida because he was filling the shoes of a legend. And he, and he got kicked out. I mean, you think about it. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not saying McElwain should have stayed, but the man won two SEC East titles and got fired in his third year. He couldn't have one bad year. I get all the other stuff that happened, but still, wow. I mean, just wow. I feel like the death threat had a lot to do with it. The what? The death threat situation that he... Yeah, I agree. No, like I said, there were a lot of other things, but... 
Man, I mean, just it is yeah, definitely it, a very interesting situation. Very, very wild situation, and it's wild that a place like Florida could get a head coaching hire that wrong. Honestly, I, I feel like we could have told you like Jim McElwain for the Florida job, like that just that doesn't feel right, you know. But it feels better as a South Carolina fan because you know it wasn't Will Muschamp's fault that right. the offense there because right. their offense has gotten worse. It right, is- exactly. It is absolutely pathetic. And the only reason that Florida won the SEC East is because of Will Muschamp's defensive recruits. Their defense yeah. was that good. Absolutely. So, I guess that can also give you some some positive feelings as well. Um, <clears throat> again, we talked about, you know, Butch Jones. Tennessee, again, loses a heartbreaker to Kentucky. I think the score was, what, 29-26, to 26, I believe? Yeah. 29-27. 29-26. Um, yeah, I mean, the groomers are circulating. John Gruden, maybe. Absolutely not. Taking that job. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think he is either. But from for some reason, those rumors are huge. Tennessee somehow, again, gets the night game with Southern Miss. Um, there's a boycott, boycott on Twitter empty for Neyland. Tennessee fans to <laughs> empty Neyland. They do not even want to show up. Oh, man. Um, so Could you imagine if there's an empty Williams-Brice movement? I can't. I can't imagine. I really. can't imagine that possibly happening. I just no. I can't we went, imagine it. We went three and nine, and that didn't happen. People still we went out. We went, we went. We went zero and eleven. Yeah, that too. Yeah, oh, that is worse. I, I mean, I'm only three I years old, so I can't really talk in depth about zero and eleven. But I was there for three and nine, and that was that felt pretty right. bad. Yeah, it's, no, I was there too, and I was at that Clemson game. Yeah, I mean, Sean Elliott lost to the Citadel, and people still sold out the Clemson game. Yeah, that would I mean, that would never happen in South Carolina. That's how much they hate Butch Jones. That's crazy. Yeah. No, yeah, I, it's just wild to me that he's still there. I, I just don't understand. Like, I, I you know, I, I feel like some athletic administrations maybe feel like they like they believe in hey, we should keep the coach there the full year. You know, we really should, but why? Just just why? You have a former Michigan head coach ready to be interim. Good point. It's a very good point. Very good point. I'll tell you this, though. For South Carolina, for South Carolina, take advantage. Take advantage. These recruits, I know Will Muschamp. I don't have to say it. I know Muschamp knows, but these recruits, man. I, what player in there – I was thinking this. What player in their right mind wants to go to Knoxville right now? Yeah, who wants to go play for and them? There's two guys that chose Tennessee over South Carolina. Just, just yeah, you got in the last couple Jake months. Moore, who's the other one? It's uh, like Dorian Gerald. Dorian Gerald. I mean, I, I wouldn't say this as much, Sam, but I want to be like, who? Why in the world would you want to walk into this train wreck? How about this one? I thought about this. Why? While I was in class, how about Hamza Nasruddin going to Florida State? They're two and five. They're terrible. They're they terrible. Awful. They're they might not make a bowl game. No, they absolutely not. There's no way. Play who do they play this week? I think Syracuse, maybe. Oh, that's a loss. They're gonna lose by twenty. And they're yeah. They play Syracuse at home. They think they're under. They're gonna lose that by twenty. Tickets are tickets are starting at eighteen dollars. Anybody wants to go? And Louisville <laughs> lost to Wake Forest. That ACC is a mess. Outside I mean, of Clemson and Miami, it is a me- and NC State. I guess it's a mess. 
Yeah, I, I don't know but who the SEC is a mess too. If you, outside of Alabama, yeah, no, it is. It is. It is. It is. It no. It it without oh, a doubt so is it's crazy. Yeah, without, I don't know if you've ever done this, by the way. I don't know if you were going to ESPN.com, looked at the college ball schedule, and it shows you the tickets and how much the tickets cost. It's funny to see, like, South Carolina, Georgia, the cheapest ticket's $123. You can go to UMass and Mississippi State for $2. There's a ticket for $2. I remember a couple Missouri, years ago. Florida. Missouri, there's a ticket for $5. Holy crap. For I remember Missouri, in the ACC Florida. championship game a few years, I think Clemson was playing somebody. It may have been the North Carolina game. There was a ticket for like three dollars to go to a championship game. It's insanity. Championship ticket for three dollars. It's insanity, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You can go to Arkansas, Coastal Carolina for two dollars. Even when South Carolina plays Coastal Carolina, there aren't two dollar tickets. There's yeah, it doesn't matter. There are not. And against a three and nine team, you couldn't have gotten a ticket for two dollars. No. Never. Not even to the Citadel if even you knew they were going to lose. Even the Clemson game when they were 3-8 and eight and you knew they were going to get killed, that ticket was like 100 bucks. <laughs> yep. It's ridiculous. South Carolina, just the SEC in general, is just a weird, a weird thing. Yeah. A team that's historically not good at all. Tennessee's no other miss tickets for $6. That's <laughs> insane. Here's the funny thing. I, this has to be wrong. I'm looking at LSU-Bama, and I'm pulling it up now, vividseats.com. Let's see. I'm pulling it up now. I want to get this right. I, I want to get this right. I want to get this right. There ain't no way this is right. There ain't no way this is right. There's a $4 seat to that game. I'm driving there right now. <laughs> ain't no way this is right. Because this thing says it has a $7 ticket. There's oh. no – there is no – Wait. At Bryant Denny or at Death Valley? Is it in Bama? Oh wow! I don't think that's right because I'm seeing here ninety million dollars. It has to be clickbait. It has. It, maybe all of that's clickbait, and we're just sitting here, just maybe. Maybe I am. I don't know. Wait. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's, let's see. Scholarship Club Row. What is this? Maybe it's a student ticket. Row meal pass? I, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, I, I don't know. Either way, these tickets are ridiculous. I don't know why the the hell ESPN would have them sitting on there. Vivid seats might not be a very credible source. There you go, that, too. that too. But anyways. So, anyways, with that being said, yeah, it should be a fun week, college football. Um, I know last week was fun. It should be another fun one. You know, the Gamecocks again. Take on the Georgia Bulldogs, 3.30 CBS nationally televised game in Athens, Georgia. Between the hedges, the 8-0 Bulldogs, number one ranked in the uh, college football playoff rankings. Take on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, before we wrap it up, again, if you don't want to follow the show, be sure to check us on iTunes at the Spurs Up Show. Go there, rate, subscribe. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at the Spurs – or excuse me, at Armchair S Car. Check out the Spurs Up Show there. Um, follow us on our Instagram page as well at Armchair S Carolina. And again, this is a podcast brought to you by the Armchair All Americans, armchairallamericans.com, localizing your sports coverage content. Check us out, armchairallamericans.com, all your latest breaking Gamecock news coverage. The show, of course. Um, with that being said, before we go, Tyler, I'll ask you any other last words, anything you want to say before we get into Georgia week? Yeah, if anyone's still listening at this point in the podcast, if you want to. Follow me on Twitter and watch me lose my mind for three hours on Saturday afternoon 
at Casper McLovin. Hit it up. One of the greatest Twitter handles ever. I try. For, really, ever. Casper and Lovin. You can follow me as well at CPhilly19. We really get into it um, at Armchair Escar for a lot of the fun hot takes and everything there as well. So, again, the Gamecocks travel to Georgia, take on the Bulldogs between the hedges. Should be a fun one. As always, I'm Chris Phillips. He's Tyler Clark. We appreciate you guys listening. To hell with Georgia. We'll catch you next week. Have a good one.